No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Let us pray. Father, I praise you. Thank you so much again, Father. I, I thank you every Sunday for the joy that you continue to bring to this church. Father, thank you for this leadership. Thank you for this congregation. Uh, Father, thank you for the support that they continue to give me and my family and, and the rest of leadership, Father. Uh, we're one family, and it's been amazing to sit back and watch how you've put that together. Um, Father, today you've given me a message to continue on from last week. Uh, and it's guarding our tongues. And um, Father, I know that's a struggle for everyone it, it, in, in some magnitude. It's, it's a struggle for everybody. Father, today I just ask that the words that you've given me, Father, will pierce the hearts of everyone in here. Um, I ask that you open their hearts today and help them to know and understand that the things that you have got me to say, Father, it's, it's not, I'm not, not trying to step on their toes, Father, we're aiming at their hearts. Father, in this moment, I'm asking that you anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet, that you take any distraction away from me, Father. Father, there, there are certain things that, that have distracted me this week. You've already taken those away from me, and I, I, I highly appreciate it. I thank you for that. I praise you for that. And Father, and again, just anything that tries to creep in during this sermon, I ask that you cast it out into the sea. And you replace everything, Father, with your knowledge, your wisdom, your boldness, and most importantly, Father, your love. Help us to love, laugh, and forgive. Amen. All right, guys. In the Bible, there's a very popular verse that promises us as, us as Christians a prosperous life. We, most of us know this. You should by now if you've been here the last few weeks. It's Jeremiah 29, 11, where God says, I know the plans I have for you, plans for you to prosper and not to harm you. Uh, but for some reason, again, Christians today are living a life full of harm and very little prosperity. And seeing this, I went to God, asked him, hey, you know, why is this happening? He told me that he has given all of his children every ingredient it takes to create a prosperous life. But the problem is we lack one very important ingredient, and that is, congregation, discipline. That's right. In the last four weeks of this series, we've discussed how we can improve our spiritual discipline, our physical discipline, our discipline of rest. We talked about the Sabbath day. And then last week, we started to discuss how we can better discipline our tongues. If y'all missed any of these sermons, you can go check them out on YouTube to get caught up. This week, we're going to continue our discussion on the tongue because I couldn't get it in one sermon. There was no way. Y'all, I'm telling y'all, we've been here for an hour last week. How we can better discipline the words that come out of our mouths. That's what we're going to talk about today, okay? So this is part five of this series. Uh, before I continue, as I have each week in the series, I want to remind everyone in this room that discipline is not a trait or characteristic you are born with. It is a lifestyle that you choose. Uh, we as Christians can all be disciplined. We're going to go look at Galatians 5, 22 through 23 again this week. This is the fruits of the Spirit. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and, and which is discipline. That's right. Last week, we were in James chapter 3. James was explaining the three things the tongue 
uh, has the power to affect. Uh, I want to look at those three things quickly, guys. Pull that up for me. This is from last week. It's what we talked about. The tongue can affect the direction of your walk, the future of your life, and the lives of others around you. I also ended last week's sermon with James chapter 3, verses 7 through 8, where James tells us that it is humanly impossible to tame the tongue. Let's go look at that verse again real quick, 3, 7 through 8. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Again, James is telling us that no one can tame the tongue, so my question to you guys is, does that mean we have no responsibility when it comes to our tongues? Are we just supposed to uh, expect God to control our tongues for us? When I was a kid, used to, we used to quail hunt a lot when I was a kid. Wouldn't any quail around here. We'd have to go to West Texas. We'd have to go up into Arkansas. But anyway, my favorite thing to do was not even to go and shoot the birds. My favorite thing to do was to watch the dogs work and to train the dogs. Those of y'all who have been quail hunting before, it's a lot of fun. you got pointers, setters, retrievers. Well, anyway, we had this one dog named Jessie. Jessie could do it all. She was a white lab. She was beautiful. Uh, Jessie had puppies. We had one named Pirate. Pirate was excellent. He was a great dog. problem with Pirate was he wouldn't shut up. He yapped all night long. So we had to figure out how can we control his tongue. Neighbors were complaining. Mom was complaining. So what we did was we got a shot collar. Shot collar fixed the problem. Might not be a bad idea for some of you guys. Tame your tongues. How many of y'all know somebody you'd like to put a shot collar on? Don't put your hands down. Y'all are Christians. Don't act like that. We do have a role when it comes to controlling the tongues, guys, our tongues, guys. I want to go look at James chapter 1, verse 26. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion or service to God is worthless. Ouch. Amen. Ouch. James is telling us here that in order for our personal ministry to walk, I mean to work, what God's given us, to go out and build his kingdom, in order for it to work, we must bridle our tongues. Now, I want to make this clear. Again, guys, it's God's job to tame the tongue. No human can do this, but it is our job to bridle the tongue. For those of y'all that don't know what a, a, a bridle is, I'm going to show you guys. Let's pull up a picture. This is a horse, okay? A bridle has all of those things on it. It's all of that complete is what you've got there. It's got the throat latch, the, the headpiece, the brow band, the cheekpiece, the nose band, the bit, and the reins, okay? That's the bridle. That's what controls the horse, okay? I want to look at the definition of what bridle is, okay? So we can pull that up. The bridle holds the bit in the horse's mouth and helps to transport the signals from the rider's hands through the reins and into the horse's mouth. Sounds like the Holy Spirit. When you put a bridle on a wild horse, guys, for the first time, is that horse immediately tamed? It's the same way with the tongue, guys. It takes time. 
don't expect people to change immediately when you start to talk about how people or, or, or talk about how people speak, the words that come out of their mouth. It takes time to bridle the tongue. Our responsibility again is to bridle it. That's what we have to do. So today we're going to look at five things God has shown me that will help us to bridle our tongue. Number one, the first thing, the first way that we can bridle our tongues is to ask for help from the Holy Spirit. Should always be the first thing you do. Remember, it's humanly impossible to tame the tongue, guys. I said this last week, though. It may be humanly impossible, but it is spiritually possible. Let's look at Luke 11, 11 through 13. What father among you, if his son asked for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he asked for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? By the way, that was supposed to be in red. I apologize. That's Jesus speaking there. If you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you guys. And the Bible tells us we can ask him for anything that lines up with God's will. Anything. And I think you guys taming your tongues lines up with God's will. Especially Mikey. <laughs> the Bible calls this concept to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Let's look at Ephesians 5.18. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Right here, guys, God's given us the approval to get drunk. <laughs> not with wine. Not with Captain Morgan. Not with Shinerbach. Okay, last time I checked, guys, last time I checked, there's only one way to get drunk. It was a long time ago, last time I checked. Only one way to get drunk. Now, y'all don't look at me like I'm crazy. Y'all know how that happens, okay? We got all these Christians in here. Y'all got real quiet when I started talking about this like y'all ain't been drinking. There's only one way, guys, and that is to consume too much alcohol, Correct? Y'all answered that quickly. And the more you consume, the drunker you get, right? It's always easy to tell when people are drunk. Start slurring their words. They start stumbling. Not any of y'all, but you know, other people. When you're drunk, you're acting outside of your normal self. The alcohol is controlling your words and your actions, correct? What God is actually trying to say here, guys, is in order for us to bridle our tongues, we need to get so consumed with the Holy Spirit that he starts to control our words. When you get consumed with the Holy Spirit, guys, he starts to control the words that come out of your mouth, and only good will flow from it. So number one, again, get connected with the Holy Spirit. Ask him to consume you to where he is now in control of the words that come out of your mouth. So number one, ask the Holy Spirit for help. Number two, 
The second way that you can bridle your tongues is to pray for protection over your own words. Let's go look at Psalms 19.14. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Now that you've gotten connected with the Holy Spirit, guys, it's time to start talking to him. Every morning, guys, I want y'all to think about this. Every morning when you wake up, once you praise him and you thank him and you tell him you love him, one of the next things you need to say is, God, I need you to help me with the words that come out of my mouth today. I need you to help me to bridle my tongue. Father, I need that protection over my words today. You, you know, I, I do this uh, before I walk in a meeting. Before I walk in a meeting, I pray all the way there, God, let my words be your words. Don't let my pride creep in right here. Father, make sure that everything that I give comes from you because, Father, that's only going to be good. And, you know, you'd be shocked. How many times y'all walked in a meeting and somebody talks too dang much? You know, you're trying to get a meeting done. It's supposed to last 30 minutes. Last an hour and a half. Because somebody wouldn't hush. I was on the school board at my kiddo's school a while back. And, and, me and me and one man, Ray Bobo, good friend of mine, we was the only men on the school board. Meetings took way too long. We actually got up and walked out of one meeting one time. Just because they was talking about purses or something. I can't remember. Guys, before you have a controversial conversation with somebody, that's when it's hard, right? Pray, God, give me your words. Don't let me say anything that's going to destroy this relationship. Father, I need, and that's another thing, and I've said this before, we preached on this a while back. When you walk into a controversial conversation, number one, you don't pray that you win the argument. You pray that God wins the argument. You pray that God is shown through that process. One way to do that, rile your tongue. Every Sunday before you guys get here, y'all have heard me talk about this before, but I'm at this altar and I'm praying. And what I'm always asking is, God, you've given me this sermon. Here's my notes. But if there's anything I need to add or subtract from it, you just tell me. If there's anything that you need to give me today, Father, for this congregation, just show it to me. I mean, I mean an example of this is, is the olive oil this morning. That's not on my notes. This morning, I'm sitting back here in the study, and God said, put this in there. Guys, I guarantee you that one thing today out of everybody sitting in this room, that's going to help somebody today. And that's why we have to be constantly in prayer. That not only that we hear him, but then we actually speak the words. We have the courage to do that. Everything that he gives y'all, I need you to understand this. Everything that he gives you to say, I promise you, I promise you will end in a victory every single time. I promise you that. The third way we can bridle our tongues is to check our surroundings. Mm. In other words, guard your ears, guys. It's human nature that what you hear the most, you speak the most. That's human nature. If your ears are used to hearing negativity, your mouth will follow. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 15.33. 
Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Bad company ruins good morals. In other words, if people are talking trash, it's going to destroy your morals of where you were trying to speak better and you're going to start talking trash. What kind of people are you hanging around with in your life in this season? What kind of words do they speak? Growing up, I used to play a lot of golf. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I would play with a lot of the older guys. I learned a lot of things. But what was bad was, and I love these men, I ain't hating on them. But, you know, when you're on the golf course, you hit bad shots, certain words would come out of your mouth. Okay? My mama didn't like that too much. But the thing is, is the more you hang around people like that, again, it starts to get into you. And the next thing you know, that foul language is coming out, and it's easy. You, you understand what I'm saying? Like right now, I, I'm just being honest. I, if I said something, a negative word, before I'm even saying it, it's already hurting my heart. But the more you hang around it, you, that never happens. It just comes out. It's become natural to you. And I'm not just talking about like cuss words or talking bad about somebody or something like that. I'm talking about any negative talk. I'm talking about somebody speaking negative about themselves. Don't hang around that. Amen. Only positive words should come out of your mouth when you speak about yourself or you speak about others. I said this last week, guys. Satan can't read your mind, but as soon as you say it, he can play with your words. What kind of music do you listen to? When I was younger, it was Tupac and Biggie Smalls. How do you think I talked? Now, it's Christian music. It's K-Love. K-Love. It's K-Love. <laughs> Except right now, I ain't listening to K-Love. They got this whole thing going, you know, they're raising money and all that. And I ain't mad at them. I get it. Ministry needs money to do all that. But I wish they'd play more music and, and get money in a shorter amount of time. You know what I'm saying? So now it's the other one. What's the other one? Air One, that's what I've been listening to, yeah. All kidding aside, guys, I challenged this congregation about two years ago to spend one week listening to nothing but Christian music. You'd be surprised at how much peaceful your life is. You'd be shocked. You know, if you're listening to Tupac and Biggie Smalls, they talking about shooting people, selling drugs. How you know that? You listen to some Tupac and Biggie Smalls? Me and you grew up in the same time frame. We could have hung out together. You know what I'm saying? No? Okay. <laughs> One less prayer for you. <laughs> what kind of TV shows are you watching, guys? If you're watching the Kings of Comedy, hey, don't hate. All, everybody in here is watching Kings of Comedy. Yeah, how'd you talk after that? Shame on you. And that's the problem, guys. I, I, listen, I'm all about having a good time. Trust me, I'm all about having a good time. I promise you that. We're, we're real at this church. But guys, those, those things that come out of their mouths, we laugh at it. And we don't understand that what they're saying, children are listening to it as well. Or teenagers are listening to it. Kids teenagers are starting to cuss at a younger age my mama would have slapped me 
It's become normal in the vocabulary of our kids today. Mm. Guys, don't hang out with people that have negative words. There was a monk that, that, let me rephrase that, there was a man that wanted to be a monk. So he went to the, and y'all forgive me if I get some of these words wrong, but he went to this monastery. Is that what it is? Is that where the monks go? I don't know nothing about monks, okay? But he went to this monastery. He was going to train. Is that, is that what they do? They're trained to be a monk, I guess. You know, so, so he goes, and he's training to be a monk, and they're only allowed to say two words every year. Two words. At the end of the first year, he goes to the head monk. We'll call him that, head monk. Head man in charge. Looks at him, he says, bed hard. All right. Leaves. Comes back after the second year. I only say two words. Food bad. <laughs> Comes back after the third year. Only two words. He says, I quit. The big head monk in charge looked at him and said, all you've done is complain since you've been here. It doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> Stay away from negative talk, guys. When it comes to the words you speak, you better check your surroundings, Christian warriors. The fourth way you can bridle your tongue is to cool off before you speak. Ooh, a lot of y'all, that hit a lot of y'all in the teeth, didn't it? Yeah, a bunch of sinners. look at James 1 19 through 20 understand this my dear brothers and sisters you must all be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to anger catch verse 20 human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires no matter what you say no matter what words you say if it's out of anger guys it will not produce the righteousness of God show of hands how many people in this room have said something out of anger before? You ain't raising your hand, you're lying. Now, now, I ain't talking about Jesus flipping tables angry, okay? Now, that, that, that's, that's one place you can go. I'm talking about prideful anger, okay? Prideful anger. You ain't got to do it twice. We get it. We know, you, we know what you're doing. Now, a show of hands, the times you've done that, did it turn out well for you or the others around you? Yeah, it's just like the death rate. It's 100%. So why do we do it? Disobedience, flesh, lack of discipline. All kidding aside, We need to remember that the words that come out of our mouth have the power of life and death. I have seen angry words destroy families, friendships, marriages. I've even seen it tear apart a church. I personally watched that. just because that individual did not cool down before the conversation.
I have a rule. Some of y'all know this because some of y'all come to me for counseling over this before. I have a rule. When I'm mad, when I'm upset, I give it 48 hours. 48 hours. For some of y'all, it may not take that long. And for some of y'all, I know it probably take a lot longer. 48 hours. That gives me time to cool off. And it gives God time to work on my heart. Because, see, that's where we mess up, guys. When we speak out of anger, you didn't give God time to tell you anything. Think about it. When somebody gives you something out of anger, you, you got to pop right back at them, right? Guys, slow down. Cool off. Give God time to give you the words. That kind of leads me into this next point, the fifth way that we can bridle our tongues is to think before we speak. Let's look at Proverbs 16, 23. I've got two translations up here. I am not a fan of the good news translation, but I love how they put it. But let's read Proverbs 16, 23 up at the top. A wise heart instructs its mouth and increases learning with its speech. And then the good news translation said intelligent people think before they speak. So basically, what the Bible's telling you is if you speak before you think, you're stupid. Some of y'all are like, Pastor, did you just call me stupid? No, the Bible did. And I'm talking to me too. I promise you. Think before you speak. Well, it's hard to do. Whoo, it's hard to do. You know, the problem is, guys, our emotions get to our mouths faster than our brains do. We just can't help it. Always got to throw those jabs, man. Back in the 70s, Muhammad Ali fought George Foreman for the heavyweight championship. A couple times, actually. But one of these times, George Foreman came out and was throwing jab after jab after jab and, and just, you know, what Muhammad Ali was doing, very smart fighter, in my opinion, greatest boxer of all time. But what he was doing was he had a game plan. He was going to let him jab at him all day long, wear him out. He knocked him out in like the seventh round, I believe. Eighth round. <laughs> Eighth round. We need to understand, guys, jabs don't win the fight against Satan. A knockout punch will win the fight against Satan. And a knockout punch is thinking before you speak. A knockout punch is replying with something intelligent, positive, and based on love that the Holy Spirit provides you. There's nothing Satan hates more than you thinking before you speak. For those of you that may not be very intelligent, I'm going to tell you what you th should think before you speak. Before you talk to someone, your thought process should be, am I going to lift them up with my words or am I going to tear them down? That's all you need to think. What's fixing to come out of my mouth? Is it going to hurt this individual? If it's gossip, is it going to hurt somebody else? Or is it going to encourage them? 
Encouragement is a gift of the body. Exhortation, encouragement. It builds God's kingdom. Nothing in there by saying something negative to somebody because it only tears it down. Let's look at Ephesians 4.29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that I may benefit those who listen. Y'all thought I was just saying that that's what you needed to think. It's biblical. Is it tearing them down or is it lifting them up? God, it's so important. If you're tearing others down, guys, with your words, you're crippling God's kingdom. You're crippling his kingdom. I'm going to prove to you guys how powerful words can be. If you could pull up that picture of that text message for me. My wife, I love all y'all, but she is the one that I want to, I, I want her to be proud of me. That's my number one in my life. She's my world. She's my wonder wall, for those of y'all 90s rock music. Her and my kids, that's, that's my world, that's my life. My wife, from time to time, will send me a text message. And she sent me this text message about three years ago. I was going through a tough time. I just want to say how proud I am of you. Your obedience to God with the church. Everything else you do for us and the store. You do it so well. Handling so many things. You're such a godly man. That means more to me than anything, by the way. Men, for your wife to tell you you're a godly man, congratulations, you've done something right. And it inspiring, or excuse me, and it is inspiring to watch you grow and do exactly what God has called you to do. I don't say it enough, but I see how hard you work and try to juggle everything and everyone. You do an amazing job. And I love you so much. I took that text message and I saved it. And when I'm struggling and I'm going through a tough time, I read that. Words are powerful. That lifts me up because here's the thing. No matter what I do, no matter how hard I try to please people in my walk, no matter how hard I try to do things for this church, no matter how hard I try to do things for work, I'm going to stumble, I'm going to fall. I'm going to make mistakes. But as long as she feels that way about me, that's all that matters. Those words lift me up when I'm struggling. The power of the tongue, guys. When you're down, I want you to think about it. When you're down and you're struggling and you've had a terrible week, month, year, whatever it may be, and somebody gives you one simple, encouraging word. For just a moment, it'll lift you up. It's your job to hang on to it or not. You see, I told you all I prayed about this. That's not in my notes. That was straight up God. Amen? Amen. Let's review the five ways to bridle the tongue. Ask for help from the Holy Spirit. Pray for protection of your words. Check your surroundings. Cool off before you speak and think before you speak.
I'm going to close with one more scripture, guys, from Luke chapter 6. This is Jesus speaking. If you could pull up chapter 6, verse 45. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil from things, or excuse me, from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. There's a lot of scientists in this world, a lot of doctors, a lot of really intelligent people that think the brain controls the tongue. I have biblical scripture to prove them wrong. The words that come out of your mouth reflect your heart, guys. It's like I said earlier, just to say a cuss word right now, my, my heart would, would hurt before I'd even say it. But my past life wasn't that way. And what that tells me is I had an evil heart. If you're struggling with your words, you're really not struggling with your work. You're struggling with your heart. And you need to fix it. And the only way to fix your heart, number one, is allow Jesus Christ in there. And then number two, allow the Holy Spirit to guide you through it. If you're struggling today, again, with your words, that's the main thing you need to think about. All these things I gave you, these five lists of how to bridle tongue mean nothing if you don't have a pure heart. And that's not something you lose quickly, by the way. When your heart becomes righteous, it takes a long time to break that down. So here's what I'm telling you today. If you used to have the righteous heart and you don't now, that means you hadn't done anything about it in years. And it's time to change it. It's time to get back on that righteous path. And guys, again, I'm not just talking about the language that comes out of your mouth. I'm talking about gossip. I'm talking about gossip. I'm talking about gossip. Amen. Which is a major, major problem. I'm talking about the words that you speak to your children. They better be encouraging. I said this last week. They won't forget what you said. I'm talking about friendships, the words that you say to your friends. Even the words you say to a stranger could change your life. Every word you say, guys, from here forward, you need to have the thought process of, again, is this building God's kingdom? Is what I'm about to say building God's kingdom?